Welcome to the Go All In podcast. I'm your host, Robert Russ, and I'm proud to be bringing you these stories of everyday heroes from Sydney, Australia. Today on the show, our guest is Simone O'Brien. Before we settle into the show today, if you're a first-time listener, welcome to the podcast and welcome to the YouTube channel as well. I know you're going to love this story. And if you're a repeat offender, you're coming back for more. Welcome back. It's great to have you here as always. Make sure you just take a little peek at your phone quickly and hit that subscribe button on the app that you're listening in on right now. That way you'll never miss an episode and you'll always have some inspiration right in your pocket every couple of days. And if you're watching this video on YouTube, don't forget to hit the subscribe button there as well and ring the bell. That way you'll never miss an episode as they come out on video as well. One last thing, if you like what you hear today, please share this with your friends and family. Simone has a very important story that needs to be heard and if we can help just one person, then that can only be a good thing. So make sure you share the go all in love far and wide. Alrighty, let's get into the show today with Simone. As you'll hear, this is a go all in story like no other. In fact, this show might, might actually be the most important show that I've ever done and maybe that I'll ever do as well. In Australia, there's an epidemic of domestic violence against women. And as you'll hear, Simone is not only a survivor, but she's also a very outspoken and well-respected supporter for the domestic violence prevention movement here in Australia. She's an ambassador for Australia Says No More, Good 360 Australia, Beyond DV, and she's also a patron of Rise Up Australia and many more as well. Her own personal story is pretty shocking to hear. It's hard to listen to, but we must all confront this issue head on, especially if we're going to close the gap from where we are to where we should be. And for all of the parents of young daughters out there like me, it's especially important that you hear Simone's story. And likewise, if you're a parent of some young teenage boys, you might want to think about getting them to listen into this podcast or to watch Simone's story over on the Go All In YouTube channel. Just search for youtube.com forward slash go all in and you'll find the video over there. As you'll probably agree, changing behavior around domestic violence starts at the grassroots level. And if we can shine a spotlight on this important topic and share it with the teens in our lives, then maybe as individuals, we can help close that gap and make a difference that we all want to do. I tell my daughter all the time that it's never, ever okay to put your hands on anyone and absolutely nobody, no boy or girl should ever rough you up or push you around either. Whether that's physical or emotional, it doesn't matter. But it wasn't until she sat down with me and watched this interview with Simone that she really understood why and what it was that I was trying to get across to her. So maybe consider sharing this with the teenagers that are in your life as well. All right, as you listen to this podcast, if it raises any issues for you at all, just have a little peek at the show notes and there are lots and lots of links to the many services that are out there that can assist you. And if you're listening in and you think that somebody that you care about might be in trouble, then do something about it. Do not sit on the sidelines. Don't sit on the sidelines and wait for that person to become another statistic. You don't need to do that. If somebody that you care about needs help, then there is help that you can tap into right now and these services will get you and your kids out to safety today. As you listen into Simone's story, pay close attention to the red flags that she mentions. If these are happening to you or to somebody that you care about, then perhaps it's time that you took some action because it can ex escalate faster than you ever thought possible and become something that is worse than your worst nightmare. I'm deeply honored to have Simone on the show to share her experience and to tell her go all in story. So please help me in welcoming Simone O'Brien. Simone O'Brien, welcome to the Go All In podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you for the invite. It's a, it's a real pleasure. Well, of all the podcasts that I've done in the last year, I think this one might be uh, the single most important one that I could be sharing with the audience today. So I'm really glad you're here and, uh, and I'm really grateful that you're here to share your story with the Go All In audience and the people that are listening. But before we get into all of that, let's get to know you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about where are you from? I'm now, I was located in Brisbane for 17 years, but I've actually moved back to a little country town in Victoria now called Horsham, which is where my mum and dad and my two sisters live. So it's, yeah, love it. It's just back to that country life, no city life. Yeah, very relaxing and great for the children as well. Very nice. I was in the army with a guy from Horsham. His name's Darren Hill. 
And uh, Darren and I were like living in each other's pockets on, on an operation uh, for about six months. And he told me all about the Horsham lifestyle. And it sounds very country. It is. It's country. And, uh, you know, the support is just truly amazing around the community. And, um, you know, as we'll hear what I've been through, it's been, you know, a major part of myself and my children's life in the rehealing. So, yeah, can't thank them enough. Very nice. So what about going from Victoria to Queensland? Because that's a fairly normal transition, but then coming all the way back to freezing cold <laughs> Victoria. How, how was that? Was that an easy transition or were you like, Ugh. No, and I'm so glad that spring has hit um, <laughs> because it's been freezing. But, you know, I do get a little bit of escape from it because I actually do fly back to Brisbane every seven to 10 days for treatment. So I do get to thaw out and then I get to get the freezing again. <laughs> and for the people listening that don't know where Horsham is, it's kind of like midway between Melbourne and Adelaide, right? Correct. Yeah. Right in the middle. Accurate. Right in the middle. Yep. Right in the middle. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like Canberra, right? It's a float frozen wasteland in winter and, and a boiling hot desert in yes. summer. <laughs> 40, 45 degrees in summer, yes. <laughs> very nice. So many years ago, I rode my push bike from Melbourne to Adelaide and we rode through there. And I, Oh, I, wow. Yeah. Know, very fond memories of, of that, although that ride was very painful. It was all right in the morning, but as soon as about 11 o'clock hit, you'd have a westerly wind in your face yes. the whole time yeah. as you're riding to the west. And my God, that was hard work. It would have been exactly, yeah. Good on you, Simone. Before you, uh, before all of this happened to you, what what did you used to do? What's your background? Um, I was an EA. I worked for Queensland Government for Transport and Main Roads, and I was a, an EA, an executive assistant to the chief procurement officer there, and loved it. You know, it was a busy life um, with three children, and I also managed functions at night to make ends meet because my um, eldest daughter was a state basketballer, so. You give your children everything and um, yes, I loved working and you know, my life is my children and yeah. Very nice. How big are your kids now? Um, how old are they? How, yeah, how yeah, big are they yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, they're 22 is Gabby, Ashlyn is 18 and Zach is 16. Gosh, you don't have long left. They're almost all gone. No, yes. Well, the eldest one has just moved out, but you'll hear in, in time to come that um, I think I'll have the little two. I call them the little two because they're my little two. Um, I think I'll have them for quite a few years as yet. So, yeah. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. So I had, I had my, uh, all three of my kids together yesterday on Father's no. Day here in... Yes, in- happy Father's Day. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> really nice. Uh, my, my son is 18, going on 19, Cam, and, and Travis is nearly 17, and Danielle is about to turn 13. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so oh, I'm acutely aware that it's not going to last much longer either. No, yeah. And, you know, every day is special with them because you, you don't know two days are the same. So it's, mm. you just go along with the flow. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Well, Simone, people come on over to the Go All In podcast to learn more about others that have gone all in. And your story is one that's uh, fairly publicly known throughout Australia and, and it's been publicized in the media as it as it should be. And for the people listening in, you would have heard into the introduction to this podcast that this is about a domestic violence incident. It's a, perhaps a little bit hard to listen to, but you must absolutely listen to this podcast and, and hear Simone's story. So if you could, Simone, can you just share with us what actually happened and, you know, maybe... You don't have to go into every single little detail, but give us the background and the lead up to what happened to you because it seems all very regular when I've done my research and you shared your story with me before this podcast and it just seemed like everything was ticking along nicely. Then all of a sudden your whole life just changed in a matter of 10 or 15 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. And um, as I you know, spoke about my children earlier, they um, I was a single mum. Zach was two, two and a half when... Um, their biological father and myself separated and there was no domestic violence um, in that we actually just had too much money and we were too young and Trevor is the biological father's name and he just wanted to take me away every weekend so the children you know had nannies and things I just wanted to be a mum so our relationship just grew apart basically and we separated amicably and obviously I had the three children he went off and did his thing and Zach then got to the age of 10 Ashton was 12 and um, Gabby was 15. And I thought, you know, I've worked two jobs. Maybe i still young enough at 37 I was at the time to have a partner in my life. And that's where, as, as you know, I'm not IT savvy, but I thought I love having a beer, but I don't like going to nightclubs and pubs and things like that. I just drink with the children. How am I going to meet someone? Mm. So I got on the internet dating site and scrolling through, I really didn't still know what I was doing with it. But 
I've been in real estate prior to children and scrolling through and a man came up on the screen and it was a real estate agent. I thought, oh, a light bulb moment come to me. And I thought, he's got to be okay because he's had a police check to get his license, his real estate license. And so that was all good. Good. I clicked on him thinking I was safe and secure. So we started texting, but not till nine o'clock at night um, because my children still came first and my jobs and things like that. So they were all in bed before I, you know, could contact or wanted to contact him. So the texting went on for a couple of weeks and then it moved on to, can I bring you? So that was great. And then he started, he said, can we go on a date? And so basically from then on, um, over a period of nine months, we were dating, but little red flags grew and you're going to say, oh, Simone, how minor are they? And those little red flags were deleting contacts out of my phone. I was actually blaming Zach at the time, you know, being the boy of the house, saying, mate, stop playing with my phone if you're going to delete things. But it kept happening five or six times and a, a light bulb moment again came. I thought, oh, you know, what's going on here? What contacts were deleted from your phone? My being a single mum and two jobs, I was always, I was on the phone because you're organising kids, like all my contacts in my phone, yeah. Yeah. And, and then flowers started coming to work, like not just one bunch, you know, every couple of weeks. It was every day. So do you know what? This made me feel sick in the tummy. And um, he was, if it's okay now, can I use the word perpetrator instead of man? Is that okay? Let's not say this guy's name. No, no, no. I don't. I will never say his name. Um, so th- he was a type of perpetrator that would even still open the car door for myself and the children to get in. Never swore, never abused you know, abused the children or yelled at them or anything like that. And then another um, little red flag was he would, go, when you go up for dinner, you know how there's one bill per table. On the way, he'd always, and I'd always organise it with my friends, and he'd always say, oh, damn, I forgot my wallet. And I'd say, oh, that's okay, you know, I'll pay for it. And, you know, your friends give you the cash, da, da, da. Well, then the money started going missing in my wallet. So, you know, poor little Zach was getting a, a blame for a lot of things that um that <laughs> Zach's on the other end, I didn't know that, that to another mum. Yeah, exactly. And that's what this little face is going, mum, it wasn't me. It wasn't me, you know? So I, yeah, just these little red flags were, and you know what, because I hadn't been experienced in a relationship for so long, on Saturday, the 23rd of September, I rang a friend and I said, what, how do I get out of this relationship now? I, I don't know what I do. And she said, let's, let's do it on Monday when the children are at school. Do you know what? It was like a relief off my shoulders because I didn't know I had her support, you know? Mm. So anyway, Monday came and dropped the children off at school and I transported into half an hour into the city to my job. And on the way, I thought, how do I end this now? Do I text or do I email? So I I just text him. I thought, then it's done, short, sharp and finished. Well, during the day, obviously, I did reply to him once I'd done it because it was like a relief off my shoulders. And Prior to this, just to let everyone know, I had no, I didn't know about domestic violence. I didn't know what it was. There was nothing in my family or my friends. No one had dealt with it. And so I went home that night from work, still not speaking to him or replying to his messages because I just didn't want, didn't want to. Got home at six o'clock and Gabby and Ashlyn were at home and Zach was at basketball training. And I walked in and the girls, uh, to the girls said, mommy ended the relationship today. And she goes, Gabby goes, yes. She was so excited because she was my best friend. You know, we'd done everything together and because, you know, not having a partner. And Ashton goes, mommy, will he come back? And she was 12. And I said, no, darling, he won't. You know, just trying to teach the children life skills. Next 6.06, there was a, a knock at the door and it was a perpetrator. I could see it was him. And I thought, I've got to show my children that you've got to have respect for people. That's how I was brought up and acknowledge them. So I said, Hey going, you know, how's your day? And he said, can we speak about this? And I, I said, yep, sure. You know, showing the children still. And then because Gabby had started cooking dinner while I was coming home, she, he said, can we go into your bedroom? And I said, yeah, okay. I thought I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And so we went in there and I walked in first and being a single mum, like we don't shut any of the doors because I like to hear what the kids are doing. And the perpetrator shut the door behind him after I walked in. So I was asking me questions and I said, look, let's just be friends. Let's just work on it. You know, life's busy, da, da, da. And um, he didn't like taking no for an answer. So I'm still in my work clothes. And next minute I know what I remember is I was on the ground. I don't know if he pushed me or I tripped over because I was still in my work high heels. Next minute I look up and you'll see some tape on my arm here. And there was actually a baseball bat coming down on me. And I knew my arm was broken because it was dipping. And I yelled out to the girls because I could hear the girls at the door. I said, come in help, mummy. You know, mummy needs your help. 
And you know what? I thought I was going to die. I didn't know how to get up because I tried using this arm to push off the ground while the perpetrator was still there, but it just obviously was broken. It gave away. And the girls looked at me and said, Mummy, you can do everything. You can fix the cars, mow the lawns, you know, fix the house, da da da. But you know what? I thought I was going to die. I said, Go, yeah, Mummy, help. And so in the meantime, the girls did run in and out, but the neighbours thought they were, they were playing because of their age. Um, and Gabby tried to ring Triple R and they did accidentally hang up on her, but they got back to her. But in the meantime, I'd actually endured 45 to 50 hits to this side of my face, um, why I look a little bit different than normal females. And from that, I have had my last operation, and which is 52 operations I've had up until I sit here today. I've actually lost my eyesight. I've lost my sense of smell. This is all titanium plated now with an implant on my cheekbone. My whole jaw was all smashed in. It's something they didn't think I was going to survive. It was worse than a, a car accident. But I'm here today. Obviously, there's lots more in the background of my story, but that's basically how I ended up from just saying no, I didn't want to be in a relationship, you know, to finding these little red flags. And that's my message is we've got to unpack every little red flag because it can go from so little to such a big thing in, you know, in a matter of 10 minutes. That's what I was fighting for my life from 6.06 to 6.16. I was here fighting for my life. Simone, that is an, an incredible story of survival. And I've, and I've, you know, I've told all sorts of stories on this podcast, war veteran stories and all sorts of health related things, but that by far takes the cake. And, you know, that is it's not an accolade that I'm saying that, you know, is a good thing, but gosh, mm. you are so lucky to be alive and we're so blessed mm. to have you here. And, and we're so lucky that your children still have you like that. And being part Terminator robot is kind of cool. What, what, about your, what about your vision in your good eye? What's it like just having one eye? Does it kind of wreck, mess with your depth perception? Oh, totally, Are mate. Can you drive still? It, yeah, I can now. I've, I've got to have, a, obviously, an eye test every 12 months because, you know, a disease can come and take, because that eye's dead, can come over. and um, So I've got to have that monitor check. But, yes, I, I can drive now. I did have to have foot falcon for many a years, but I've been given the all clear. Um, you know, after neurological testing, et cetera. Like it hasn't just been an easy road to get me here seven years later. And yes, even down to pouring a glass of water, if I don't sit the jug on the lip, I will have water everywhere. Um, even, you know, crossing footpaths, the, the steps, I, you know, I've had many uh, falls on the ground because you just don't know know what it is. So yeah, all that, it's your mind is very active now because you're thinking the whole whole time and um, obviously now I'm no doctor or no nurse, but I have learned so much about our amazing body. And they'd actually told me when I did wake up from ICU and even my brain was still then mush, but they said it takes a month for the one eye with your brain to sync together and yeah, Good formulate job. everything. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's incredible yeah. how your, your brain compensates. I, rem- I remember, <laughs> I remember it's no, it's no comparison, but it's a similar, the reason I ask about it is I've had a bit of experience with a loss of depth perception and most actually most soldiers have when you wear night vision, unless you're a, yeah. unless you're a special forces guy or you're a pilot, you only mm-hmm. wear night vision on one eye and usually it's on your left eye or your non, non shooting eye. Right. And yeah. I remember uh, the very first time I put night vision on just thinking, oh my God, we just like are going to own the battlefield, right? Because it looks like day and it doesn't look yeah. like anything like what you see on TV. It's not uh-huh. like a horror movie. It's, it, it looks like daytime, but you walk along and because your other eye is open at the same time, but it's, it's pitch black. It's dark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you see everything through your left eye and I'm not, I don't walk around with my right eye closed <laughs> like that. But yeah. I can remember walking along thinking, oh, wow, this is, is amazing. And then just being like, like a sack of potatoes on the ground and falling over and yeah, yeah. like face first tripping over and then getting back up going, what just happened? I just fell over and they're like, everyone's kind of laughing, but it happens <laughs> to everybody yeah. and they're yeah, really, really tricky thing to kind of deal with. But over time you get really used to it and, and your brain yeah. compensates for it and you, you learn to live with those things, right? You do. Yeah, totally. And that's um, my determination. I used to play tennis quite, you know, at a level when I was younger and now playing tennis, with one eye, it's a totally different ball game, but I'm not letting it beat me, I tell you. <laughs> you like have a swing and a miss and like, no, I wasn't even close to that. Many a times, yes, many a times. But I'm, I'm really learning it's a might. You've got to be so focused on every ball that, yeah, I've realised that. <laughs> but, yeah, determination. 
real funny little idiosyncrasies that happen to you when you've had an had an injury like that. What about you? You said you lost your sense of smell as well. Yeah. Isn't that something like eighty percent of what you taste as well? It can be. I have still got my taste, which is which is great because um, my face was so smashed in that. Yeah, I've learnt this too. You you smell things actually up here, and, the and because yeah, and because this is all was all had to be rebuilt, like including my nose. Yeah, so that's I have got taste, which is great. Um, yeah, so it's good. Very good, very good. So, my, my my son laughs there because I used to hate school smell, and he goes. No, no, I don't have to have a shower just yet. I, you can't smell me. So it's, it's you know, we, we do take it in a positive way now and, yeah, don't look at the negative stuff. Yeah, and that's kind of the reason why I'm asking those questions is because you're able to live pretty well and pretty normally in spite of your, all of your injuries and whatnot. What happens, I've got to ask, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a cheeky, boneheaded Aussie bloke question. Does yeah. this set the metal detector off at the airport? It must. Do you know what? No, it doesn't. It doesn't? I'm surprised. No. And, you know, I've got... In both my arms, yeah, it's a tiny move. In both my arms and, you know, on my face, yeah, I don't go off. I'm a, I'm you surprised. take your belt off still and you're not, you're not still buzzing as you take your belt off? Your <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not, that I'm really surprised with. Yeah, yeah. Very good, very good. So, Moni, if I, if I might just take us back to the, to the darker period there, it, as you tell the story there, it, it just seems all very normal up until that Absolutely. actually happened like and and to anybody that's getting back on the dating horse i mean gosh the in, the internet is is a bit of a minefield with modern dating and i can't really speak from experience i don't know i never yeah. had experienced that and, and it sounds like you didn't either did no. any mates have any experience when you when you got back on the horse so to speak no um they they hadn't they just you know said watch you know watch out and um and i i did and obviously he was the first one because i did take me a, a long time to even pick him but as i said he's a real estate man that's why i did but yeah look and that's where i can't elaborate now enough and i suppose my brain now is more bright it's it's you know i look life now not only through just one eye but um everything I unpack, you know, even down to how the children take off their shoes, <laughs> yeah. um, being that annoying mum. But um, yeah, just situations now. And, you know, I'm always, every time a friend says, oh, I'm on the internet, I'm, I just feel sick, like straight away. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, what would you say to somebody that's out there doing that? Because, you know, it can be a really awesome way to meet people. And it can be, you know, I, I had a really close friend of mine who, who met his wife online yeah. and, had a wonderful relationship. They got married. They got a couple of kids. All very, very. Yeah. Normal. yeah. What would you say about being careful? Like, I mean, gosh. Just, just look out for any little red flag. You know, don't. Hey, look. Who would have thought my little red flags would have? Mm-hmm. I would have been fighting for my life. Do you know what I mean? And and having that police check too. But that's where yeah, unpack everything. Investigate the person even to the extreme. And if I can slip this in there, um, is why I'm really elaborating on investigating people is because I thought this guy was safe having a real estate license and you know 37 you know you think well you've always got some form of of luggage with you whether it's marriage or kids and he actually told me no and no to to both those questions and obviously I was bragging about my kids and and I was up honest about what you know the relationship with the biological father and he um after the court hearing two wives actually came forward he actually assaulted the first one no report he assaulted the second one and her parents, no report. So I'm a third wheel here. And, you know, you've got children. We've all, we've all got mums and aunties and sisters. That's why I'm speaking out is because we need to make a change. We want to save our generations coming through. So looking out for the red flags, going, getting back to the internet dating site, that's, you know, is my real elaboration is we've got to look at because we want to protect our next generations that are coming through. Yeah, well, well said. Very, very well said. And, you know, for, for me in the last year or so, a lot of the decision making process that I've gone through has been very similar to what you described. It's been very methodical and thought through in my mind. And like, well, you know, it's exactly what you're saying. The guy's got a real estate license. He must be a police check. He's a normal guy. He said he doesn't have kids. He's never been married. You just take it at face value, right? But what, yeah. else, what else can you do type thing other than I mean, go and do your homework and do your research, of course, is what you're saying. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What, I, what I've learned myself is I've made a lot of mistakes in the last year and in, in not trusting my gut. And what I, what I realized is that I'm a 
despite my external appearance and despite how I might say or project myself into the world as a big tough Aussie masculine guy like that. <laughs> the reality is I'm, I'm a deeply, deeply feeling being and human beings don't make decisions based on thoughts and rationale only. They make thoughts on, they make decisions on how they feel and mm-hmm. how they think it's those two things. So for you, you had those warning signs. Was that a, was that a gut feel that you had that wasn't quite right? Or was it? Yeah. Head, head? No, it, it was my, my stomach that was telling me get out of the relationship. It's, and you know, because I hadn't experienced a relationship for so long, it was, it was just there daily. And, um, I, I just had to use it. And that's why, you know, ringing that friend was like such a relief for me because she knew what I was doing, you know? And as I said earlier, I knew nothing about domestic violence in speaking out about it. And, you know, it was only probably eight months, nine months. I was still in hospital. And that's when I learned that I'd actually, what had happened to me. It was, yeah. And then I didn't even know it was domestic violence. It was putting puzzles back together, um, you know, mm. waking up in the neurosurgery ward after ICU. Apparently I had a sign above my bed that my friends coming in weren't allowed to say, oh, Simone, how are you feeling today after what's happened? Because of the brain injury, they had to find out, you know, if, if I was, you know, had brain issues, if I, can, if I can say that, you know, because they said to the children when they had to come and say goodnight, goodbye to me on the first night that I was in hospital, they said, yeah, things aren't good. Then the next night they said, if mummy does pull it through this, she's got four to five percent chance of pulling through after theatre during the day. But mummy would be a vegetable. Mummy would be brain dead. Mummy won't get out of the bed. She'll be too fed. And so they've had to, the, the, the children's issues are different again to mine. And so I suppose that's where getting back to the, the brain thought is, um, you know, I take vitamin D now every day. Someone said with your brain injury and it's just so bright and clear and yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well said, well said. It, now, now that this has happened to you and you've gone through this very long road of recovery and this process, and you, I, I know that you go around and you're speaking to people about domestic violence and, you, and you're getting it out there, hence the reason for me doing this podcast, because we mm-hmm. need to amplify this message. And so, so now, previously, before this happened, no experience at all with domestic Absolutely. violence. No. And now you get out in the community and you're talking to people, it seems to be prevalent and everywhere i imagine as soon as you shine a spotlight on it yourself you see it everywhere what are some of the common things that happen to women some of the common traits that that you see because someone might be listening to this and they might hear this and go that's a red i never realized that's a red flag but that's yeah it it can be down to controlling money you know like he might be giving her 50 dollars a week she's got to buy food put petrol on the car you know you don't look at it like that side but that is a form of domestic he's cutting her away so she can't go for a coffee with her friends she can't afford it mm-hmm. it could be oh you look too fat in that that you know nice little skirt that you've got on he could be putting you down day in and day out and oh you need a haircut you're ugly you know it can be any little thing that is a red flag and is a form of domestic violence you know even if he's hitting you on the bottom every day and you don't like it he'll eventually start it and turn it into a punch and that's when things escalate you know and that's why you need to get out early look look at my little red flags I thought I was getting out early but that you know and let more people know um and I suppose I'm more aware of that now I wasn't um prior to this because I just thought I was showing res- the respect side of things to my children while they were at home in speaking to him not knowing what was going to happen and that's where we really got to support each other it's not just me or you and this it's it's us as a nation it's all of us it's we've got it it's a team effort to, to stop this epidemic that we're in so don't yeah look at any little warning side from finance to controlling like contacts in your phone you know or telling you you know you can't go and meet with her today or you know you're not going to work or you know if, if she's already been hit at home it could be that in the workplace that she's I've got a t-shirt on today but I could be you know it could be 40 degrees and going with long sleeves she could have bruises up her arms it's any little thing and that's why I'm getting around to you know not only workplaces football clubs but schools you know getting into as young as preppies because if they can see mum and dad or you know it doesn't matter what you know mum or dad having a tearful you know it could be mum hitting dad or dad hitting mum they think that's the norm that's what we need to break that cycle of and not let them think that it is the normal Mm, so controlling behavior is a really a telltale sign yes definitely Yep, in all directions, definitely. As I hear you say that, and as I hear you saying it, it's like, God, 
like, why would somebody do that? Like, why would you not let your missus go out? And well, I, I put my missus on a plane to America yesterday. And, Perfect. Um, yeah, yeah, she's a <laughs> photographer and, and wow. you know, she's a conference in America and, you know, it costs all of this money and she wants to go and be with her peers. And I'm like, you've got to go live your life, woman, you know. It's not just about this family, you know, that you love, but you've got to have something for yourself and you've got to do that. And I encourage her and I give her the money to do it yeah. and do all that and support her and, and whatnot. Right. And, and, and I think it's just for, for me personally, you know, and if maybe I can just give the, the listeners and maybe you as well, a little window into my relationship. It's just about kindness and just being kind and, and respectful of the other person and understanding that they were a person before that they, that, you know, they had hopes and dreams of their own before they met you just because you came together. Doesn't mean that their hopes and dreams go away. And I, I try and live by that with, with my partner and, I try right. and live by that with my children a little bit as yeah. well and a compliment here and there and a little acts of kindness. I think the secret to my relationship and, and the love that I share with Susie is kindness is yeah. we're very kind to each other. And, you know, we don't get me wrong. We get on each other's nerves every now and then and she <laughs> snores like a chainsaw. I've thought about putting the pillow over her face a few times, but you know, she get up and go and sleep on the lounge. It just kind of is That's what it. Yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting. Well, one of the one of the things that I do know about domestic violence is that people get stuck in those relationships, and people get abused physically, verbally, emotionally, and they turn around and they say he didn't mean it. Yeah. Why do you think people get so stuck in it, but clearly they're being abused? They get scared, and it is hard to get out. But saying that as well, I've learnt now the services that you can get up above and beyond amazing and yes you will you will have down days but look at the positive you're going to have your life back so they've got no life yes when they're with them but then they can have a life there is that tough patch but people are there in you know what we're going through in Australia the services are there and I cannot give them enough gratitude on how awesome they all are doesn't matter where you are there's a phone call away and you know who would that be? Because I'm not familiar with those services. So if somebody was listening to this and they were stuck in a relationship and a little bit like you, you didn't really have anyone to talk to. You rang your mate and she told you, yeah, let's get out of here. But yeah. if somebody didn't have that, what are some of the support services that are out there that people can access? Obviously, it's um, all different around Australia. But, you know, in different states, there's DB Connect to ring. There's uh, White Ribbon will put you into the services as well. Beyond DV will help you get out and start, you know, if you need help with um, Medicare or Centrelink and different things like that, then you've got Rise Up who will go in and set a home up for you. I was a part of that last week. I wanted to be hands-on and and help a family coming out of a shelter. Do you know what? That was the most rewarding thing, seeing a vacant house of nothing. They brought in beds and linen and food, you know, knowing that these mum and three young kids were going to come home to this. It was like a motel, but they got to keep Mm. the stuff. So there are a lot of good 360 Australia are based in Sydney and, you know, they get all the uh, landfill stuff, which is brand new, you know, from whether it's Myers, you know, your Lego, your L'Oreal, and this is going out, you know, to shelters and and different places. So they're, they're everywhere. Our people are just, you know, obviously I know in a situation it's hard, just get one number and it will, it will evolve and everyone will jump in. The services will help out. Yeah. Very nice. Well said. And and if you're listening to this podcast on your phone, uh, as per the introduction to this show, just have a little peek at your phone. And if you need a hand, there's going to be a whole bunch of links there uh, for you if you need some help. So you're not going to have to go Mm -hmm. digging too far in Google from they're right there. And if you're watching this video, on Facebook or YouTube, just scroll on down and the links are just below in the show notes. One of, one of the things that, one of the emotions, I suppose, and one of the feelings that I had as I was doing a little bit of homework for this topic and just in and around domestic violence, because it seems like such a, an unbelievably foreign thing to me as, as, a, as a guy whose job, I was an infantry soldier, right? My job is yeah. to perpetrate violence on the enemy as hard as it comes. And it doesn't really get any more violent than that. The violence of action that is that happens in the infantry is not unlike anything you've ever seen before. It's not like the movies. It's not like TV. Believe me, it's very, very different. But in this domestic violence circumstance, it seems so far removed from everything yep. that I know as an infantry soldier. 
because just because you're an infantry soldier and you're trying to shoot somebody from 400 meters away, it doesn't mean that you're going to lay your hands on a woman and, and to do like there is just no excuse and it's not right at any time ever. And I've had this conversation with my daughter several times, you know, as, as she's becoming a teenager and whatnot. But one of the things that I couldn't help but not empathize with is, and I've been in this circumstance a little bit in my life as well, when things are not going quite right. And yeah. when you, when the outside appearance looks really good and everything seems to be tracking in the right direction and your friends and family are supporting you and helping you, if the battle that you're fighting internally is not going the way that you want, it's sometimes a bit embarrassing and it feels embarrassing to ask for help and it feels embarrassing to put your hand up and to do that. But in a domestic violence circumstance, correct me if I'm wrong here, but there's absolutely nothing to be embarrassed about and there is so much support. You could leave there with nothing, with the clothes on your back and you'll be looked after. Absolutely. And John, that is my biggest message out there to women or men who are vice versa going through this and, and children is number one is love and respect yourself. You know, I, I didn't prior to 37. Do you know what? I actually have to have put myself first for the first time in my life. As you know, as a parent, you put the children first and having that love and respect for me has just opened my eyes and my eye and realized that we can beat this. We, you know, your body perceiver, you know, just changes totally. And, um, you know, I know I've, you know, war wound all over my body, but I'm proud to, to put that out there and say, let's work this together, especially like your daughter who's 13. Don't be embarrassed in the, in the way you look, you know, and that's my message out there is, and I said at the start, I know I look different. Ad- admit to things when you know, you know you need help. And three things I just want to also give advice on, or not advice, is just say to you, and, it, and it's free, and, that, and it's got me here to where I am today, is never give up, stay smiling and keep positive. Like three little things. That smile on your face, it just makes you just feel totally different. And, yeah, they're just three little hints that I just want to give out there to whoever's going through a down moment and, and don't think that they're good enough, et cetera. When, when things are not going well personally for people, it's very, very hard to maintain positivity. And it's great to hear those things that you say that. And coming from you, that's exceptionally powerful. Coming from me, it's like, yeah, whatever, Rob, you're just the goal guy, you're just that motivation crazy person. But coming from you, it's, it's way more in, empowering. So I would absolutely echo that. But, you know, one of the, I, I guess it's one of the telltale signs as well, isn't it? If somebody's feeling really down about it and they're unable to feel positive or to own their smile and, and, to, mm-hmm. and they feel like they want to quit, that's, yep. that is a sign they need to put their hand up and ask yep. for some help. And yep. help is on the way like quickly, right? It's not oh. it's weeks or days away. It's like quick quick you know and this is um getting into the children's side of things and my middle daughter has suffered unbelievable and she's still suffering now and to the extent i'm happy to say this on on our podcast is only three weeks ago she just didn't want to live you know and that's where i've acted straight away and even though you know the children have had counseling and and reiki up until and still having it as i speak it's something that don't be embarrassed you know don't stay at home and just think oh you know that you're a downer let's move forward together and take all this as, as a positive and help that next person and call out for help if you're needed. Like, like my daughter did, you know, and yeah, don't be embarrassed. It's my, my only thing. Mm. You know, I've done a couple of podcasts with some veterans and talked about the PTSD issue that's out there amongst the community that all the mainstream media talks about, but they, they want to talk about PTSD because it gets clicks and it gets views and it gets likes and shares and whatnot, but they never really talk about PTSD. And, and it took me nearly a year to find somebody who would talk about that at length. Right. And the lady that um, I spoke to, she, uh, she suffered really badly herself and she went on a course, got better, and she became a facilitator of a course. And so she shared the, the stories and, and whatnot. And, and, the, and the takeaway from all of that was you're not suffering by yourself. There's it like it's kind of like I got a snigger when I say it because you don't have to go through it by yourself. There's no suffering exactly. like you as well. Exactly, that's right. And you know, I suppose as she did, and that's what you know. I my line is is turning a negative into a positive, and mm-hmm. and help that next person in in she's helping in PTSD and domestic violence is 
saving our next generations. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and what, what, what do you see in terms of an education piece happening throughout our school system here in Australia? Is, is there some an awareness about that? I mean, for me personally, as a, as a dad, you know, I make jokes all the time. There's a paratrooper flag hanging in the hallway here. You know, mm-hmm. one, one day a boyfriend's going to walk in here and I'm just going to kind of like point at that. Don't forget, mm-hmm. right? You know, I can shoot you from 800 meters away. Like that is kind of funny, right? There are all these funny things that I can say, but the reality is, you know, I I talk to my daughter all the time about these things because I don't know what's being said in school. Yeah, I'm not not sure about it. And I guess the the biggest thing, the underlying thing is that it's never okay to put your hand, anyone to put their hands on you, no matter what. And I make sure she can defend herself and got some martial arts training and we wrestle constantly. She's almost as big as I am and she's nearly as strong as I am as well, which is saying something. So I know that she could look after herself. I know that she'll be okay. I know that that's all right. But what what are you seeing as you travel around talking to people in the country? What is the school system doing about this to save the next generation, as you say? Yeah, there are a lot of different resources going to every school that I do go to has had something. But what the feedback is, is that, oh, Simone, you know, we listen to, you know, people come in and talk about this, but they go, it just goes over our head. But having someone real life like yourself, it's sunken in. And that's where now I suppose um, my journey, um, life, I haven't been cleared to work as yet, but life in this journey now, it's I'm, I'm just helping that next, that next child because, you know, the schools are, can we come back next year? Can we come back next year? Do you know what? More than happy to because I'm I'm helping someone else. But it's not that's great that you're talking to your daughter as well, but we need to speak to the boys as well because mm-hmm. you know, as I say to the boys, you know, we've got to stop and think. Yep. If she's not doing what you want to do or you're getting angry, stop and think because ten minutes of action could end you up in jail for life. You know, you don't want that. So it's that mind thinking of, of both sexes, not just building up the girls to not to look at the red flags, but it's also for the boys to make smart decisions and, you know, that respect word back to female. And so, yeah, it's, it's a both ways situation, but the schools are every school, I think because, you know, lots of government subsidies are now are in really implementing domestic violence, not just um, in high schools, in primary schools as well. So yeah, that side of it, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's great to hear. Really, really good news. And I only talk about my daughter there because my boys don't live with me like that. Oh, yeah. I have had that conversation with them before. It goes something along the lines of if I ever hear about or see about you putting your hands on a woman, yes, I'll put my hands around your neck and, you know, that's, that's yeah. how it goes. And they're like, Mur! and yeah. and showing and sharing some stuff with them and, and doing it properly and, and making sure that it's, that it's right. And, and they, I think they really, really understand that. And, you know, as, as Cameron's got a bit older, he's like 18 now. Um, yeah. Really, really kind. Yes. And great. Yeah. So that I think that kindness that he saw in my relationships with his mum and, and my partner now that that's kind of rubbed off on him a little bit, which great. is great. And that's exactly what you said. Rubbed off is is what we want our next generation seeing is mm. the the kindness, the respect in the home, not the horrible stuff. You know that can be mindsets and different things. So absolutely fantastic. Well done. Thanks. Thanks. I, I sometimes I want I, I wonder if they're going to turn twenty years old and I've just like completely ruined their life because I've done all this craziness. But every now and then <laughs> I get somebody sensible like you on here that goes, you know, you're in the right track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's where you know having them on the right track is you know all different states are different in their sentencings and you know the perpetrator that did this got it was in queensland got life for attempted murder whereas here in victoria radetzky got six years and he could be out you know he's bragging that he'd be out by the time he's 60 and he killed somebody so as as we've got sons ourselves, i don't want zach who's 16 i don't want him to think oh he hasn't had a girlfriend or anything as yet with what we've been through but i don't want him to think oh 21 he can he can kill her at 16 and be out by the time he's 21. We don't want that attitude either. So yeah. that's where we've got to start on both sexes right from the start. Yeah, well well said, well said. One, one of the, the tricky things in all of this is I can remember that there was one incident. I must have been more than not. My, my brother is five years older than me. So he would have uh-huh. been 17 or 18 at the time. He, had a, he definitely had a license. He had, he had a car. He had his first car. I remember that. So I would have been, what that makes me 13, maybe going on 14. And he had a friend. He had a girlfriend. Her name uh, was Lorraine. And she was a lovely young lady. And I remember uh, she would always be with him in the car and stuff. And one of Lainey's mates, Fiona, 
she, I remember seeing her one day, she was about four foot three and about 29 kilos sopping wet, you know, but she's grown up adult. Like she's just like a real petite young girl. She had a black eye and me scratching my head going, how did you get a black eye like that? And my brother and I, my brother taught me how to box and stuff. And I can remember getting cracked a couple of times and not having a black eye, but you know, with proper gloves on and equipment and all the proper sports equipment, but never having an injury like that. And I've been hit lots of times and martial arts training. I've been hit lots of times and I never had a black eye like that. So something had happened to her. And I can remember saying to, to my, my friend Peter and my other mate, Steve, just going, what's going on there? And they were like, don't, don't know. So one of the things in domestic violence, when these things happen is friends and family around you are really awkward about it all. And I know that as a 13 year old kid, I was awkward because I'm a 13 year old boy and you're awkward and you don't know how to handle situations like that. I don't have the emotional or social intelligence to deal with that. And in hindsight, I probably just should have told an adult and done something about it. But then I'm not entirely sure if any adult would have done anything about it either. It's like, well, it's none of my business. What do you want me to do? If you, if you're in a situation and, and there's someone listening to this podcast or watching this video and they see somebody that they care about that is on the receiving end of it. What would you say to that? Be a nagging mum like me. Don't just ask them once or twice, you know, are you okay? And those three words, are you okay? Ask them five or six times. Cause do you know what? They will then know that you're there and they'll say, Oh, look, last night he punched me really hard. And that's a red flag straight away. So being that nagging mum and not just asking once or twice, really keep elaborating. If you know that and consecutive days, not, you know, one, one week and, in a, in a fortnight because then she'll think you're not there but do it consecutive and then she'll eventually open up and then you can say to her whether it's you know in a workplace or or somewhere else is the services let's let's go to this because in the meantime you would know that something's wrong so you would have already had a light bulb moment and looked at something and then you can take her and act at it you know and it's that soft approach too it's not just what what's that you know just asking are you okay it's mm. yeah so that's my biggest thing is always speak up you know even if you see someone down the street i always say are you okay yeah i can't be the nagging mum because i might not see them again but at least that gives them the opportunity to speak up to me you know if they want to and know that the comfort is there so yeah have that nagging mum syndrome and what if somebody says he didn't mean it i would still then say let's go and talk to someone how many times has it happened you don't know and that's Mm -hmm. where she will eventually open up and say look he it started off as a pinch and now it is going into a punch. And then she will realise, she may not realise it either that the drastic terms or even down to if it's a financial situation, she may not realise that he's actually controlling her with money until mm. someone is actually there speaking. And, you know, as, as I know, I've learned so much on domestic violence since this has happened to me and it just opens you up so much more. And I suppose my determination is now I just want to keep helping that next person so I won't give up on finding out and going you know insides and outs to to help someone so yeah just if they say no it only happened the once still talk to them and keep elaborating because there could be other little red flags not just that one punch that he's doing whether he's you know telling her she's fat and different things and this is where it's escalating to Mm -hmm. and whatever you do I'd, i'd probably add to that but don't be embarrassed um, exactly. There's, there's yeah. nothing to be embarrassed about. You might feel embarrassment and you might feel like that, but the reality is there's, there's plenty of help out there. So, so please, uh, please help get seek help and, and do that. So exactly. I just want to move on from there. Simone as we're nudging up against an hour here. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> it goes quick, huh? It does. Yeah. Thank you for coming on by the way and sharing your story. It's like for, for me, it's, it's so unbelievably empowering to hear it from you like that and and to have the ability to help amplify your messages that's the whole reason that this podcast exists so thank you i really appreciate that well thanks for having me really it's great that we can just spread the word together routine absolutely absolutely i wanted to ask you about 52 operations oh my god i know that i'm excited been, oh my gosh that's <laughs> it that's the end of it I, i've yeah. met a couple of people that rode motocross when they were kids and oh yeah i busted this arm and i busted this leg and i would i would like i've never broken a bone ever although i have had a couple of operations i had my wisdom teeth out if that if that counts 
does, that, yes. That was like the most disorientating thing in the whole world for me. Like a gen- That was the first time I ever had a general anesthetic. And uh, I got hit on the arm with a piece of plate glass when I was moving house once. And I nearly chopped my arm off, which was pretty uncool. And I had an operation there. And again, that was like so unbelievably disorientating. But in the scheme of things, those injuries, well, that injury wasn't that serious. It sounds worse than it actually was. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, you, you've gone into hospital in as an emergency what what is your recollection of the actual event no don't remember i only remember my arm going yep i actually don't remember anything to the face and that's where i um my journey i have since met the ambo guys that saved my life at the scene and Mm. they said simone this is another part of your journey because at least they're able to say now that medication the pain relief because apparently i was in a lot of pain at the scene i don't remember any of that but they they said, at least we know that that takes away that memory block. So I don't remember a connection to the face or the pain I was in. I was conscious still at the scene. The two neighbours were came in amazing, had a Samoan family and a South African family. And my message out there is let's just love each and every. It doesn't matter what colour you are, what size you are, what, how, what you speak. Let's all work as this is a team because they saved my life. And mm. so, yeah, as in for that, no. Don't, I don't even remember waking up in ICU. It's the neurosurge ward that I remember waking up in. And um, I can remember I still had a lady one-on-one sitting there and I'm thinking, why is she sitting here all day with me type of thing? And I needed to go to the toilet. And um, I said, I need to go to the toilet. And she goes, oh, it's okay. You know, this is, you know, six weeks, eight weeks down the track. And I didn't know I had a catheter and everything in. And she goes, it's okay, you're, you're fine. And um, I said, oh, my female, I need to go to the toilet. And then she had to go on to say that all, all that type of stuff. So I had no idea where I, you know, really where I was or what was happening. And um, I didn't know that what I'd been through, basically, how bad I was. It yeah. took me many how months. Was it? How big was the gap that you were kind of, you didn't know? Probably about three months. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no. And even then, the next 12 months, it was, my, my brain was mush, you mm. know, and that's where now being told to take vitamin D with your brain injury, I, I even send it to ladies that say, look, I'm feeling it. I said, get onto this, just have one a day. It's, it's amazing. But yeah, it's, it's been a journey. And you know what? My journey hasn't finished. I will have to have treatment. This is where I've sort of ended up a prisoner myself for the rest of my life because um, mm. my jaw was all smashed in that bad that it could only open two mil um, at one stage and um, you know, all my teeth and everything. And, my jaw is for the rest of my life and also my eye um, will be for the rest of my life treatment on that. So it's, you know, 10 days I've got to go up to Brisbane for a grease and oil change, I call it now. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lifetime thing. Are you um, in pain? Is it, does no. It Do you know what? And that's what people cannot believe is like, I don't, if I get a headache, it's really, really bad. But um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I very rarely get a headache. Yeah. It's incredible Amazing. that you have like such like extensive injuries, but you don't have any pain. No, not in, anywhere on my body. You know, like you know, this side I've had to have a one of my blood veins removed and a skin graft there to put through to my neck to keep this skin graft here alive. And nowhere is. And I've just really, um, you know, message out there again to everyone is look after your body internally. It will heal externally. You know even down to taking silica because this is my own, all my own hair. I've rocked many a weird and wonderful hairdos, um, mullets and everything. But, you know, um, taking silica because I've got to treat silica externally. Um, mm. I took it internally and amazing. Just, and yeah. Talk to me about your recovery process. You said it takes a, a year. You, when I talked to you now and I spoke to you on the phone before this interview, you're just like, if I couldn't see you, I wouldn't know that you'd had an injury. And if we mm-hmm. had a conversation that was not about this, you just be like, you seem completely like normal. Is there anything like in your brain cognition or your day-to-day yeah. functionality that doesn't work? Do you like do something and go, oh, what did I do that for? Well, do you know what? I had to go through a neurological test, testing after it and that goes for five or six hours. And obviously in that, all my different waves of attitudes change from being angry to crying to, you know, this, I shouldn't be doing this and da-da-da. But now the only thing that they, they couldn't find anything wrong with my brain as such out there, the only thing that I, I do find that sometimes I, I can't pick up the word that I'm actually looking for. Um, and that's, you know, eventually I will get it, but that's probably the only thing, a defect that I've had um, that I can't, can't pick up. But yeah, otherwise I am um, just to turn it into a whole positive thing after 
what I've been through. Um, last year, I was actually thrown a, a goal because I have goals now all, every day. And um, I was thrown a goal to run the um, biggest marathon in the world in New York. I went and did it in November for us women and children in Australia, completed it. And, you know, and that's my message is you can go from the brink of death to do anything with that mindset. And that's where, you know, reaching out to, to women who are going through it, let's get in on top of this and stay positive and, and speak out. Mm. Oh, I was going to, I was going to ask you, did, so you had maybe a loss of trying to pick up a word. I was wondering if it went the other way. Can you like speed read like 500 words in three minutes now with nothing <laughs> happened like that? That's just a movie that, that, that yeah. happens. Damn. No, but you know what? It's um, running a marathon's yeah. a pretty good effort. Gosh. Well, do you know, and that's why I just wanted to, to prove that we can keep going on. We don't have to sit in that black hole. The support to get me over there, you know, after one of my operations to rebuild my body for that, it's, yeah, let's take a positive and let's move forward in this DV and speak up and speak out because we can do, you know, we can, we can beat it. Incredible. Incredible. And I want to bring it full circle right at the very start. I asked you what you used to do for a job and you said you worked for state government and you mm-hmm. love what you did being an EA. And now you get up on stage in front of hundreds of people at a time and do public speaking. How is that? Is that scary for you? Or did you, you, know that you had before that they kind of put you in good stead? Being an EA, I go to meetings all the time, you know, and take notes and that wouldn't say a word. I was too scared to. <laughs> and now uh, that's what my son says to me. Is, Mummy, how do you go up and speak? I said, we're not speakers. I said, I know, mate, we don't speak, do we? But you know what? Now it's, um, I, I just feel so honoured from what our nation is going through to be able to help make a change because, and I said it earlier, it's our generations coming through that we need to, to make aware of this. And because I wasn't aware up until the age of 37 of domestic violence, we don't want it too late like mine nearly was. And um, yes, I don't know how I do it, but my main goal is the general manager at transport and main roads has left my job there as he knows it's a goal is so i know where i left off i i've got back to and get back into my my work so that's a goal for me and um people going so what do you want to go to work do you know what because then i know i'm normal Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's beautifully, beautifully said. And actually, it was, the, it was the last question that I had for you here in the in this part of the podcast was about the relationships that you built. They must have been pretty incredible with the the doctors and the surgeons and all of the support people. That we can't oh. can't not talk about that just for for a moment. Tell us about oh, that. Absolutely, and that actually brings a tear to my eye because I I have got private health insurance, but they actually took me to the public hospital in Brisbane because that's where the surgeon was to save my life and now he's like my best friends and we actually he's actually left being a doctor to go into the government to fight domestic violence because he was actually sick and tired of putting women back together and them not surviving and so that was just one of them so yes I do a lot of public speaking with him now so he's in honor of me and I'm in honor of him so it's amazing but after all my operations, even down to the anaesthetist, you know, they go, Simone, you don't know me, but I know you. You know, they were there from go to woe. So from the plastics, the neurosurge to the actual facial team, like, and that's why I still go back to Brisbane is because my team is so big. But you know what? It's been the same people. And I know, you know, you shouldn't go to the doctors and say, they shouldn't say, oh, hey, Simone, how you going? We're doing this today. But you know what? They've been there. They've saved my life. And they want to keep, you know, getting the best out of me now and that's where they have hit. And um, I would even from my my jaw uh, physio to the maxual facial who thought I would only get my jaw ever to 19 nil and a normal female is 40 to 45. So the other week I was actually able to text him and say, no, 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 we've just got you. We've just got to 35 mil. And, you know, it's just everyone has worked as a team to, to get me here so yeah I can't thank them enough they're just truly amazing and um, we all need to look out for things like that and they might be just the doctor but you know they, they saved me so yeah sorry I can't thank them enough you know what as you say that I, I just think uh, we are so unbelievably lucky here in Australia it literally is the luckiest country in the world oh truly amazing and you know from what I've been through and I look back and unpack it I just said how do people know that you know to take a a blood vein from here and put it in my neck to keep this alive. You know, Amazing. it's, yeah. yeah, no, just, um, yeah. Incredible. So well they're done. my best friends. <laughs> Thank well you. done to those people. Well done. Yeah, to they're them. amazing. All right, Simona, 
I'm not going to let you leave the goal in podcast without putting you in the, in the hot seat. <laughs> okay. So, a couple of random things unrelated to what we were talking about. Let us get to know you a little bit more mm-hmm. about a holiday in the last five years. Must be yeah, time for a break. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Have you got a favorite place? <laughs> Do you know, present Fiji. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like Fiji. Do you like uh, Nandi? Yeah. Nandi. Yeah. Yeah. And to any of the outer islands around there. Is there a fave there? No, no, just Nandy's are like just, yeah. I just love the Buller and yeah. Beautiful part of the world. Lovely, lovely. You know, yeah. uh, I, I grew up going to Fiji. My dad worked for Qantas. And okay. instead of taking the kids down the South Coast, he'd put us on a plane and take us over to Fiji because the flights were so cheap. <laughs> I have these vague, vague, hazy recollections. I must have only been little, you know, six, seven years old, but of going to those places. And when I got a bit older and went to some tropical islands, I would, you know, that smell on a tropical island in the Pacific Ocean. You're like, what is that? I've smelt that before. It's like really familiar. It felt like home to me. So, yeah, I, I love Fiji too. Yeah, just relaxing and like the, you know, going to new york it was so busy and you know not so fast but just yeah somewhere like that yep <laughs> nice. do you have a do you have a favorite author or maybe a favorite podcaster yeah of course oh the go all in podcast yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about authors do you have you have you got a book that you've been reading or an audio book you've been listening to recently no, do you know what? Um, I, I haven't actually I do a lot of flying a lot. I, I actually catch up on all my book work that I've got to. So no, I haven't sort of got into that as much yet. It's something that's that is on my goal list is to get back into reading. So yeah. Very nice. I'll, I'll flick you a couple of really good ones that I've been reading recently. So yeah. non business related fiction ones that are kind of gripping sort of stories. But you know what? I'm and yeah, I'd love that. Please do. Um I'm a home and away freak. <laughs> you're, you're a home and away junkie, are you? Yep. <laughs> Next time you're up in Sydney, let me know. The videographer that we use in this business is one of the um, assistant directors on Home and Away. Okay. So well, we'll, there you go. We'll get you up there to Palm Beach and go and, you know, you can go and geek out at Home and Away on the set if you want. Oh, that'd be pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm in Sydney in a, in a couple of weeks. They're flying me out. So, yeah. See, it's not, it's not what you know. No, exactly. I'd love to. Yeah, love to. <laughs> now I'm on the hook publicly. Alex, better come through for me, mate. Let's. Uh, let's <laughs> I know he listens to this podcast as well. <laughs> Tell me, Simone, what's a uh, what's a skill that you haven't mastered yet? Eating a McDonald's burger <laughs> because I can't open my jaw big enough. <laughs> it's a good thing, though. Yep. You can probably do a fillet of fish, but the Big Mac just with the three buns is too much, right? Yeah, no. Even the fillet of fish, is a, it's touch and go. But yeah, a sushi yeah. roll sometimes if they're skinnier can get in. Yeah. So you yeah. got to eat the Macca's burger with a knife and fork for the time being? Most food I do. You know, when you go to functions and that, I always have to say no, but gee, some of the cakes and things look really good. Otherwise, I've got it. <laughs> yeah, not good. Very nice, very nice. That's the funniest answer I've ever had, actually. <laughs> I love it. There you go. Very, very last question there for the podcast. What's the what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? You will get through this. Yeah. And you know what? It's I never thought I would see light at the end of the tunnel, but you know what? I honestly can now. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's a journey that I wouldn't want anyone on. But as I've said prior, let's let's look at it in a positive way. Yeah. Well said. Well, Simone, you are an absolute inspiration to not only just to me and I'm certain to the people that are listening and and watching this podcast, but uh, to thousands of women throughout Australia. So thank you for everything that you do. If if people wanted to connect with you and find out more, what would be the best way to do that? Either on, I've got a website, simoneobrien.com. I've got a DV page, Simone O'Brien. I'm on Twitter, Simone O'Brien. So everything is Simone O'Brien. So yeah happy to connect with each and every one of you and, and help out where I can. Okay. Awesome. And if you're listening to this podcast, once again, just take a little peek at the show notes and the links to Simone's socials and her website will be right there. So you don't have to go poking around in Google for them. And if you're watching the video, just scroll on down and I'll be right there in the notes to this video as well. Simone, before I let you go, do you have a, do you have a parting comment for us? Let's don't give up guys. Let's work as this is a team. We're in an epidemic and let's fight it together. Well said. Simone O'Brien, thank you so much for coming on the Goal in Podcast. I really appreciate thank it. Look forward to speaking with you soon. Bye for now. Absolutely. Bye.
Well, there you have it, folks. If you want to connect with Simone, just take a little peek at your phone and you'll see all of the links to her website and her socials right there. So you're not going to have to go digging around for them in Google. And if you're watching this video on Facebook or YouTube, just scroll down and all of the links are right there in the description as well. And please, can you please share this podcast? Please share it with the teenagers that are in your life. Please share it with just one or two people because Simone's story needs to be heard. And if you think you got something out of it, I'd really, really appreciate a review because that helps us out a whole boatload. But I'm more interested in you sharing this story and Simone's message than I am in receiving a review. So please go ahead and do that right now as you're listening to me close out this show. As always, if you've got a question or a comment or some feedback, you can reach out via the Goalin socials or you can send me an email at any time. Just visit goalin.com.au for more info. Well, that wraps it up for the show today. So whatever it is that you're doing, whatever you're working on, get busy, get to it and go all in. I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.